Hey everyone, what is up and welcome back to another episode of the Lifestyle Lifter Show. I'm your host, your online transformation coach, Adrian McDonald, here to help you look, feel and perform better without restrictive dieting. And today I interviewed Stuart Coyne. He's at the Coyne Method on Instagram and we had such a fantastic chat, really, really enjoyable podcast. And on this episode, we spoke about how Stuart transitioned from a burnt out corporate professional working over 70 hours a week into a full-time online fitness coaching role. Now, planning and preparation in advance will simplify, not complicate, your overall lifestyle. By having a nutrient-dense breakfast to start the day off can potentially make or break your day. The most common mistakes Stuart sees being made in the gym and how you can overcome them. And why getting help and asking for support isn't a sign of weakness, but rather a sign of strength plus much, much more. So we dive everything into nutrition, into training, into mindset, into lifestyle. Ton of value in the show. And the only fee that I would ask you to pay, no, it is not monetary. No, I do not run ads to this podcast is if you get value from the show, please share the show. You can do that by tagging me at Mac Lifestyle Fitness on Instagram, tagging Stuart at the coin method on Instagram, and letting us know your takeaways from the episode. And one final ask would be, if you do get value from the show, please subscribe and rate and review. It does help massively with the reach. Podcasts are generally hard to grow. And the only way and the best way to do it is through word of mouth that people actually subscribe. But without further ado, here is a cracking episode of the Lifestyle Lifters show with Stuart Coyne. I hope you enjoy. Hey everyone, what is up and welcome back to another episode of the Lifestyle Lifters Show. Today I'm delighted to be joined by Stuart Coyne. Stuart is an online fitness coach with a degree in human nutrition and a bachelor's in health and science. Stuart, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here, man. Cheers for having me, man. I like the Stuart. Intro. <laughs> <laughs> awesome stuff, awesome stuff. I know we were talking a bit off camera there, Stuart, but I... Let's uh let's start out with with uh, a bit of an icebreaker here, man. Share something about yourself that most people do not know. <laughs> <laughs> Putting you on the spot now. I left school for a very small period in fifth year to become a butcher. I left school for about two months. <laughs> no way, man. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people don't know this, but like I had a lot of difficulty with 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 uh, dyslexia in school. Dyslexia, yeah. So, yeah. I I was pretty bad. I mean, I was told at the age of fourteen, pack it up now after third year in Ireland and, and go and do an apprenticeship. And obviously, hearing things like that, you're like, what the hell do I do? So then, in fifth year, it was the same. I I, I wasn't the best student either. I was always acting the bollocks, like, um. But yeah, I came home one day after I've been at a party and my dad's like, you're, you're going to work in the butcher up the road. And that was that. Did that for about two months. And then I just said to my parents, I'm going back to school. I'm not stupid. I just need to put my head down. Walk back in school as if nothing ever happens. Cracked on. And then the rest is history. <laughs> oh, man. And let's actually just talk a bit more about your, your backstory, Stuart, because I know you may obviously obviously in your current position as a coach but that's not how it all started for you no. 
talk a bit about your journey from corporate into fitness and and why you actually wanted to get into doing what you're currently doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's funny because I do believe I have a very unique background, and I I love seeing these these coaches who help busy professionals, and I'm like, that's funny. I don't think you've ever been a busy professional. <laughs> Yeah, so I have a quite unique background in the sense that I went back to college when I was 23. I did health science. Then I went on, I did human nutrition. And, you know, I was fairly set on this is the pattern going, especially nutrition. Like, I was just like, this is what I want to do. Um, and I had to tie between going on to be a dietitian or getting in and getting a job. And I actually started an online company with a guy in uh, from Leitrim. And it, it just didn't work. I was coming out of college, 28 years of age. We were trying to build a business. I was like, I'm not doing this. Like, not now. I need to get need to get working and make some money. So I actually got a job with a with a really good company to be considered like a Fortune 500 company. Pure Japanese company. And sales role. So automation sales. Very, very yeah. technical. But, you know, I was exposed to about three years of really hard graft. You're doing 60, 70 hours a week, flying back and forth to England. And I was covering a lot of Galway and all the medical device sectors, basically, you know, trying to sell high-end 3D vision systems. So I'm big into, into technology. So it, it, it was a really good job. It taught you a lot of good things about sales and how to manage your time and stuff. But I did hit a point where the work was going very well. I was getting promoted. I was doing very well in life, but I was just completely empty inside. Um, and then, you know, this is like just literally before COVID. There, there's a bad culture in Ireland with drink and drugs and stuff. And I was getting dragged into that a little bit in the weekends. Yeah. And I don't know if you know Gavin Meaton, do you? He's an online Yeah, coach. yeah. I, I know, I wouldn't know him personally, but I know of him. Yeah. So I reached out to Gavin because I was like, look, man, I'm I'm doing well from the outside, but in the inside, I'm I'm not happy. Like I was I was yeah. really not happy. I was like, ah, I have all these credentials. I know my shit inside out. I, I should be a coach. And I was seeing the likes of Sean Casey and that coming up online. And I was like, why can't I do this? I know more than these guys, but these guys have learned how to make content, etc. Um, and I was like, what do I do? Like, you know, I spoke to Gavin. Gavin's like, look, let's let's get back. Let's get you back into shape first and follow back in love with the process of health and fitness. So we did that. And then it was kind of Gavin that gave me the nudge. He's like, look, man, start doing stuff online. Start making some content. And I was like, I absolutely hate it. I can't stand it. He's like, just grab your phone, go for a walk and talk shit. That was it. Um, started that and then downgraded my job a little bit to free up a bit more time. Focused, you know, my spare time was heavily focused then on, on, on content. I was in pain management for a year as a clinical support specialist. And then that just allowed me to make more content in the evenings. Then I just grew a following. And then once I grew a following, my partner wanted to move out to the UAE and I just packed everything up and left. Didn't, didn't say that and just got up. We went. I think I didn't even tell the Irish government like, I left the country. Like I left on the 17th of August. I told the government, I think, back in Christmas. Yeah, I don't live here anymore, by the way. 
<laughs> but um, yeah, so I'll be a year now into full-time employment or self-employment um, in August. So it's 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 crazy. Like it's crazy how it worked out for me. You know, it's it's one of those stories where you really don't know until you just go and give it a go. You know, yeah. like you have so many ups and downs. Like one of the biggest reasons why I actually did prep was I knew coming into Christmas, like I kind of got that. So I, I was working with mentors and stuff. And I was like, I'm in a good position here. Like I can make a really good business. It was still, there was you know, still a lot going on. You know yourself, this industry is open fucking down. You don't know from one week to the next sometimes. But I hit Christmas and I went home and I was like, right, I can make either a really good burst for this or I can, you know, I can play around with this for another year and hope it works out. I was like, fuck that, I'm not doing that. Like, so I was like, what can I do? Because I knew the drink wasn't, you know, socializing the weekends wasn't serving me as much as it once did. You know what I mean? I was getting depressed for two or three days post nights yeah. out and stuff. So I was like, yeah, I need to just cop on a little bit. I need to take a break from this shit. Like it's not helping me, you know. Um, I was like, what what can I do? And I've always, I've always lifted. I've been lifting since I was 16, even though. You know, some people are like, geez, you're not that big. Not <laughs> <laughs> <Our> work, man. <laughs> but um, I've always been into it. And I knew I had, I knew I had something there. I was like, right, I know if I can get shredded, I might have something here, you know. So I said, like, what can I do that's going to, you know, make sure I'm a lot more disciplined. That obviously I just knock the drink in the head for a while. And then obviously how will that, you know, how will that compensate business? But obviously I can only focus on business yeah. or this. And um, I got a lot of inspiration from looking at Adam and actually Shane's story as well. I don't know if you know Shane. Shane's story, yeah. He was, he's the only person who's been on this podcast twice. I had him, him and Emma on a few weeks ago and Shane was on one of the earlier episodes as well. Legend of a man. Shane is, uh, he's like. Great guy. When you say someone walks the walk and talks the talk, absolutely pinnacle of it in our industry. And I, 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 I can say that hands down. The man knows his shit in the show, and he is an absolute gentle person. I work with him for a small bit. Have, did you actually? Because um, when I was on prep, I was following religiously his uh, bodybuilding to or his power powerlifting to bodybuilding prep series. Do, are you currently or have you have you watched or consumed any of that on YouTube? Yeah, yeah, of course I have. Yeah, not, yeah. not a good deal. Um, I like he's not I've worked so obviously prep now watching a lot of videos. I've just got into like the easy stuff, Josh Bridgman and stuff like that. You know, I'm just kind of consumed that by that because it's an easy yeah, one. yeah. <laughs> but um, no, I definitely have, yeah. No, I I I think Shane is 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 very good. I think if he could present his content a little bit better or get help with that, the guy the sky's the limit for him, you know what I mean? In the sense of it being a little bit more like for me and you, it's fine. We can sit down and we can indulge yeah. it for the average person. It's probably just that little bit too much. But um no, but like taking inspiration from then, I I followed his story when he stepped on stage. I was like, fucking hell, this guy looks incredible. Like and just you know, I I, I knew it was it was something for me, and yeah, I knew it was gonna serve me quite well. And it did. Like this year I've been I mean, it, it's probably a little bit cliche. Has this saved my life in many ways in terms of helping my business get, get to where I wanted to go? 
and me learning a lot about myself in terms of maybe alcohol every weekend is not for me anymore you know i've learned a lot about myself and i i I do not see myself going back to the old me like i seriously don't even when i finish this and i go back to ireland you know and this is not it's not easy to say this but there's certain friends that I, i won't be seeing anymore you know what i mean it's like that's the harsh reality of it though those people haven't moved on i've moved on and they need to cut that out of my life you know and that's kind of what i've learned about prep and it, it's almost addictive because you're so like my mind is always like do i do i do another one now if this goes well do i do another one next year yeah you know? man yeah yeah no there, there's a lot to unpack there um i mean first of all you know i i can relate to that journey from being I used to be a teacher, a permanent position in a fantastic, lovely school in Galway. And I made that pivot initially, Stuart, to full-time online. I came home on the Christmas, 18th of December, 2020, to my mum in tears, having put me through college for four years and seen her son now leave. But thankfully, it's worked out well. But it's, it's the juice is absolutely worth the squeeze. And and congrats in your first year. or You're almost finished your first year out, Stuart. And, and tell me so, like, You've obviously you've you've been in the game of coaching for quite some time. Just you're only full time now. The past year, what is your current coaching philosophy? Yeah, I would say I mean exactly what the coin method is, is what I'm doing right now. I I do feel like I'm someone who who walks the walk and talks the talk, and I'm trying to almost you know like there's a lot of coaching styles out there at the moment. All right. And I think there's a lot of people that are trying to play the pity party in the sense that they're trying to play in people's emotions. Oh, it's not your fault. You can't lose weight. I'm kind of more down the middle. I'm like, look, here's what the science says. and Here's what you need to do. And if you have issues around that, then, you know, we need to address that. But more of my philosophy is like, no matter who you are, okay, and obviously there's there's people in the category that, you know, obesity, you know, yeah. they, different that's separate outside not, of the outside of the norm outside of the norm but for like, the masses for me it's like look a lot of people can make a massive change and they can use health and fitness to improve the quality of their life and that's a massive thing for me because obviously i've always used it i've done very well and like like you i can go back to a nice cushy career where i'm very safe if i want to but throughout that, what is all like, and as I said, I've always done very well in corporate. I got a lot of promotions and stuff. Is because I looked at everyone else around me. No one was training on a regular basis. I never let that go. Basic nutrition, bringing packed lunches to work and stuff. People, you know, and I see this all the time. I'm like, these things are very easy to do, you know. And if you learn how to do basic food prep, meal prep, think a little bit ahead, do a shopping list on a Saturday your life is actually less stress instead of the typical i have no time you do have time you know what i mean of course you have time you just don't know how to use your time um so my philosophy is is trying to it's trying to show people that health and fitness can actually reduce the stress in your life in as opposed to the the norm i want to get healthy i'm going to go gym now six times this week like whoa first of all if you want to lose weight it's not the gym we need to address other aspects of your lifestyle first (laughs) But um, yeah, it's very much about trying to be realistic about it. And as I said, I'm not playing this pity party shit about people and their emotions. I'm more so like, 
I'm going to be the coach that will probably tell you what you don't want to hear, but I'm doing this for your benefit as opposed to telling you what you do want to hear. And I'm very upfront with people in the sense like, if you want to get results, I'll get you results. No problem. But this is what we have to do. And there has to be a bit of push and shove at the same time yeah. and a bit of reality check that like going out and living your best life every weekend, you know, let's learn how to bring a bit of balance in here just for a small period to get you to where you want to get to. And then when you get there, then you can go back and you can do all that, you know? <laughs> There's like a short-term sacrifice for long-term gain. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I really like that approach, man. Um, they, I, I like the PN philosophy there. It's like WWW, what do you want to do? What are you willing to do? What yeah. won't you do? Okay, you want to look like Stuart four weeks <laughs> out from Stefan and Sage. Are you willing to do 90 minutes of cardio a day, six strength sessions and not drink for X amount of time? You know, what won't you do? So it's it's just managing those expectations. I really like that approach, though, man. Just that, and I get that from your content, too. I mean, for anyone who doesn't follow Stuart's content, I'll post the links in the show notes. But I love your meal prep videos. They're simple. They're effective. They're quick, um, convenient, and, and all tasty, real, helpful whole food that anyone can make inside, you know, a short, a short period of time. Yeah, I, I'm going to, the content's going to be a bit of a shock for people in the coming weeks. Like what you're seeing now is I'm building a studio here in the in the room. But um, yeah, I'm going to be a bit more forthcoming with my content, a bit more direct with things. Like obviously the, the meals and stuff are good. That'll always stay there. But um, yeah, I have some stuff coming up. <laughs> <laughs> be prepared, everyone. Be prepared. And and tell me, so from just from a personal point of view, what were some of the challenges that you underwent on your own fitness journey? Are we talking prep or are we talking maybe not? Uh, no, may, maybe not to the extreme of prep, but we'll just say oh. getting in getting in shape and, and what were some things that you struggled with? Yes, I, I, I kind of went to two sides. First, when I started off, and then maybe when I was trying to get back into shape. But I think the biggest thing that I had when I was starting off was there was never any clarity. I remember walking into a gym and you just see some massive guy who's clearly off his head and debug. And you just didn't know, you're like, what do I do? And there was no fitness instructors. There was no nothing. Like, I, I got my gym membership when I was 16. My mind yeah. tortured my parents for a membership. But so you learned all that from them, you know, and I, I remember like <laughs> one big guy's like, you know, and he's like, you need to take protein. And I was like, how many scoops a day do I take? He's like, four. Like, all right. <laughs> just like, what? <laughs> so like, there was, I was always fascinated by why, why do I need to take four? Why do I need to do chest press uh, incline versus, you know, I was always obsessed with that. Um, and I actually, I did architectural technology for a year first in Letterkenny when I was 18, 19. And I remember all I did was spend all day on YouTube when YouTube was just coming out, just watching, you know, health and fitness videos, like helps sweat. Um, so yeah, that was kind of like my biggest challenge. Like, why am I doing these things? How do I get the most out of these things? You know? Um, and then I suppose challenges is you kind of learn, you, you know, you get your own grips with things. Probably the only challenge I ever really had, because I've always been in relatively good shape, was when I went into the corporate life, I was trying to balance an extremely busy job. Like I was doing maybe say 10, 12 hours a day on, on the road 
and then I was trying to train. So then I had to kind of bring that. I had to be a lot more clever with my training. I couldn't win and do an hour and a half anymore. It was like 45 minutes, couldn't get the session done. And I had to try and do that whilst traveling. We went to England quite a bit, maybe once, twice a month. Um, so then I started to look at like, right, how can I incorporate realistic, convenient foods on the go? And the challenges that I felt or faced were stuff that now I kind of help people with. So a simple little thing, right, will be, you know, you're traveling and you hear this all the time. Uh, you're in the shop and you end up buying fucking absolute shit. The breakfast roll, the, yeah, all the goodies, the deli. Um, but like the little things I started to notice was I would just have a packet of cereal bars from little in the car. So I'm like, I'm not buying, I'm not spending three euro on a fulfill bar when I have a cereal bar. I know it's not as good, but at least I know, cool, one of these, it'll help with the craving. I'd have apples. I started bringing cooler bags, packed lunch. I'd leave like the 12 liter, the, the two liter bottles of uh, water in the car. I would only, you know, allow myself to buy one coffee. And I started doing all this. And then I started sharing it with the guys because that, that's what I was kind of struggling with. And then everyone else was like kind of getting benefit from it. I was like, okay, maybe there's something here. But once I started to get a grip on that, then I brought Gavin on board and it was really accountability. I think everyone, I don't know why people don't express this, um, but accountability is massive. And people think it's a bad thing. I'm like, listen, and even I see this with online coaches, they, they won't say that they have their own coach. Yeah. Why would you say that? Like, you're a coach. Just like every coach has a coach. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Josh Bridgman is a coach of many people, but he has a coach. And then his coach is a fucking coach. Like, you know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Sure. So the, the biggest thing for me challenges was then was I I wanted to get I was okay shape, but I wanted to get into good shape and I needed yeah. accountability. And I I almost needed someone like Gavin to kind of you know get like what I would turn the, the boy into the man. I needed someone from the outside to go, Are you are you taking the piss? Like Gavin was very much like Stuart, like the fuck are you doing if I made a mistake in, in in a nice way and I needed that like one thing that I as I said about the pity party I think people are just a little bit too nice sometimes about things sometimes and, and maybe there's a gender thing here but for me anyways I would rather another man come to me and say what the fuck are you doing like you're acting the bollocks this is not right like, shit okay it hits home for me a little bit more and I feel like I'm letting that person down and then I'm able to put a little bit of work in and move forward. And that was the biggest challenge I had. I just didn't have that accountability. Brought Gavin on board. And that can and be that's where, yeah, yeah. And then transition that onto your own personal clients, Stuart. What are mm -hmm. some of the what are some of the common challenges that maybe some of your clients are facing with that you you try to help them and address them, address them with? Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing is patience. Seriously. Yeah. Like, in, in the expectations sense of, and patience yeah. yeah yeah and i think i when i and you learn as you, as you as you coach more people you do learn before they jump onto the program you gotta be you gotta tell them how it is you know like i often hear oh is it you know i'm four weeks in is it expected to you know not really lose any weight and like okay let's dial in your last four weeks you've been to three weddings you haven't had one run at this and you've only tracked consistently for five days in a row is it realistically where you're at yeah 
course it is. We're not dialing in the very basics. And it takes time and people need to understand that essentially what we're trying to do is change your lifestyle. Like your current lifestyle does not serve you at the moment. And we need to address that. We need to make slight changes. And that takes time. And we need to, very little things. You know what I mean? Are you doing your shopping on the weekends? Because the worst thing, and what always happens to people is they've no prep. And, I, and I'm not talking, people have this idea that they need to have seven meals in that out. No, no. You just need chicken in the fridge. Maybe cook a little bit of rice or microwavable rice. Some cereals, little bars. Once you have them, then it's very hard not to fuck up. It's when you don't have them and then you have this mental battle of what do I do now? Do you know what I mean? Um, and I think you're trying to teach people that you're trying like when you tell people, even if you tell people online, you know, prepping is probably one of the best things you can do. They're just like next scroll, don't want to hear it. Like you don't want to hear it because you know it's the They're best. They're in one. denial. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think you touched on an important point there. And I genuinely think it is one of the silent killers for people's fat loss and that is your food your environment mm. environment is everything like Water. i was speaking to someone yesterday and she's still living at home now and um i know the challenges too when you're living at home and you're in the parents house and there's freaking biscuits there's bread yeah. there's all of that good stuff unconsciously when you see something on the table with no intention of eating it all of a sudden you're, you're two oreos deep and you're about to dip into the third one Whereas when you control that food environment, when you, as you said, you have some meat prepared, you have some packaged rice, you might have some boiled eggs, it just makes the process so much easier. What are what are some other fat loss tips, Stuart, that you find are helpful just for the for the mass here? I think um, you know, and certainly what I've learned a lot about prep, and then you know, I've been reading a lot into Menno Henzelman. I don't know if you if you look at him, I don't know if it's in the second second name, right? But uh, he's big on the art of like self-control. Like, you know, a lot of people say discipline and this goes to the environment. Oh, I don't have the discipline. It's like, you can't train discipline. You either have discipline or you don't. Like, that's a fact. You know, we know that from science. You can't just train something to be a disciplined person, but you can with control. And that obviously touches on your point. Can you control your environment a little bit? But there's other aspects that you can control. Can you make sure that you are getting a good breakfast in and like this is where things are going a bit down the shitty route and online at the moment everything is about really nice high highly palatable high protein foods and don't get me wrong i'm, not, I'm in that category who's at fault of that the issue with that is is if you're waking up first thing in the morning and you're eating oats with a fucking kinder brino inside it you are going to have cravings for the rest of the day that's basic science you're going to raise glucose levels it's going to be a very, very difficult process for you. First meals and food choices are not being considered. Crucial. Yes. Right. Amen, and brother. It's, it's, it's needs to be, even by some of the bigger guys, they're not talking about it. And that's kind of where I'm saying there's a lot of harsh uh, content my way coming. But first meal of the day, high protein, high fiber foods. That's why I've been banging about oats the last three or four weeks. Um, and food selection throughout the day like one thing i see people is you know oh yeah they have something like a, a protein bar oh yeah it has 20 grams of protein i'm like yeah but you're eating a bar first thing in the morning it's yeah. a bar. 
right? 200 calories. I can get you a, a bowl of cereal that's three times the size of that. It's a glorified bar of chocolate with 20 G's on it. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, yeah, like food choices. We've gone down this route of calories in versus calories out. But I'm literally going back to be like, look, food choices for 80% of your day is actually very, very important. Yeah. Really important. If you're not having high protein, high fiber foods, and even the idea of why would you have these? Well, I mean, these foods take longer to digest. They take up a lot more space. Yeah. What people don't realize is your stomach has sensors inside them. And within those, you know, if you don't fill your stomach up to a certain amount, those sensors are not activated, which means you're not going to get, you're going to constantly get signals to the brain saying, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. And that's what happens when people eat something that's high calorie, low volume. Whereas you flip that a little bit, if you go higher volume and something that takes longer to digest, like protein fiber, you're going to be a lot more satiated. And this this is not rocket science, you know? This is just people not willing to compromise. Like, oh, no, you need yeah. that. Like, it, it's lack of convenience. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually heard, though, um, just going off that, you see, this is why I love long-form content. Um, I was talking to Brian, and he was saying, like, you're just much better off chatting to people on podcasts and just in general it's like you can't address the nuances of of all of these things inside a 30 second or 60 second reel but it's it's easier to dive into them in more detail on things like this but we just spoke about Shane's story there and he he put up on his um he put up on his stories in IG podcasts he listened back to and Sigma Nutrition with Danny Lennon it was only published um as of recording this August 2023 and an interesting study where two um two groups they were consuming the same number of calories, but the first group they had like a three hundred calorie breakfast, five hundred calorie lunch, and a seven hundred calorie dinner. The other group mm-hmm. was the reverse: seven hundred calorie breakfast, five hundred calorie lunch, and three hundred calorie dinner. And the idea was that is it better to eat light in the morning and bigger at the end of the day, or vice versa when it came to fat loss? And interestingly, even though all things equated equal, calories were equal, the group who had the bigger breakfast and the more satiating meal first thing in the morning, they actually lost more weight over the controlled period of time, which I found really interesting. Yeah, no, it, it, it doesn't surprise me. Like, and then, because you got to think about the way the body works, obviously, first thing in the morning, you're going to need as much energy as you possibly can. Now, obviously, like if you're someone that had a lot of food the night before, then yeah. have a big breakfast in the morning. And that's the issue with that. But I think like, cause this is funny. I've been getting slated about this in TikTok recently. Breakfast propaganda. You work for Kellogg's. I'm like, guys, you're so fucking stupid. Like, okay, let's address it this way. Meal one, meal two, meal three, meal four. Doesn't matter what time you get that in at. No. There is preference, like, you know what I mean? Does it come down to the individual? What way do you work and stuff? But obviously the first meal is absolutely crucial because that's what sets you up for the day. So if that's higher in calories, has a better protein and fiber content, you're going to be, you're going to make it more easier to get to meal one to meal two. And that's where people struggle, the snack in between, you know what I mean? The eat shit between, or then the snack disrupts the hunger for meal two. They skip meal two, then meal three becomes a large meal. 
So I suppose really like, yeah, if you can get a good meal in, it does make sense first thing in the morning that the rest of them should have almost it's, a domino effect. It's stable. I, like, that's why when people say, you know, they start the day with the coffee and then they're on the go and they grab the croissant and they grab the protein bar and then at lunch, it's like, you know, a peanut butter and a bit of rice cake. It's like, by the time they get to dinner, they haven't had a freaking, they're only eating baby calories. They even, they're, they're just snacking throughout the day. And it's just, as you said, sitting down, eating more meals, I'm a big believer in, and reduce the snacking in between. Let's have a big lunch or a big breakfast, a big lunch, a big ass dinner, maybe one snack, as you said, meal one, two, three, and four, and eliminate the picking and the, you know, the, 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 the in between, the in between yeah. calories, which always add up. But like, you know, sometimes I'm kind of like, you know, when he, when I'm talking to my clients, like, oh, I'm coming home, I'm snacking. I'm like, right, well, let's talk about this. What have you had during the day? And exactly what you described. Oh, well, I, I didn't have I didn't have anything for breakfast. Then I had just a couple of rice cakes and like an apple for lunch. And then I came home and I just couldn't stop eating snacks. I'm like, when you came home, was there anything prepared was there anything in the fridge? Was there anything that was going to take you five minutes to eat? Like, that's, you know, satiating. Like, uh, no, it required effort. Yeah, well, like, you got to think about your brain from an evolution standpoint here. Your brain knows the quick and easy option that requires less effort is to go to the press and just eat the bar when you're making the food. But then you're just going to overconsume because you're hungry. And what a lot of people don't talk about or understand about cravings is, the only way to suppress a craving is actually starve it. If you give in to it, you're fucked. Like that is true. And I see all this bullshit in social media. Oh, if you have a craving, just eat it. Oh, that's that's a bad idea. Like, um, but if you don't have that, if you have to go through this mental battle of do I, you know, satisfy the craving or do I have, you know, spend 30 minutes cooking a dinner? anyone even me i'm going to choose the craving because it's so easy it's two minutes so you have to look back a little bit and go right cool next time i get home i'm i'm hungry i better make sure there's something there where i can just pull out of the fridge reheat it at least my brain knows this is only going to take me five minutes to prepare to, to prepare and then it's going to be a much easier process absolutely what would, what would you do differently if the same thing happens again i, I really like that approach man um interesting and, and let's just kind of transition slightly then into obviously we we're talking all things fat loss and food environment knowing yourself having a you know a good satiating meal to start the day what would you say are some common tip or mistakes that you see people make then in the gym short when it comes to training not training not training hard enough like not understanding that it's not enough to go in there and just tick the boxes. Like a lot yeah. of my clients, when they're new, I will put them onto the machine stuff. I don't program in squats and stuff like that, unless it's very spe uh, specific to the individual. Um, and they're a bit more advanced. But for the average person, I would always say, cool, we're going largely with machines, combination of some dumbbell stuff so you can get used to that. Um, and obviously what we're trying to do here and like I'm using uh, trainerized so I will look I will yeah. literally look what they lift on like certain coaches but I will look at the data big time and I will make sure that you know I give them a rep range usually of 8 to 12 and the way I explain it to them is get to 12 reps with a waist with something that's challenging right if you feel like you can do 2 or 3 more I want you to increase the weight 
then you'll start to actually fall into that 10 category. I'll give it a week or two and I'll say, cool, that 10 needs to become a 12 or it needs to become an eight. <laughs> Either or we need to increase the reps or we need to increase the weight. We have to start doing some progressive overload. Um, and I think that's the biggest challenge for a lot of people. To go in, they just think it's enough to just swing the legs and the leg extension. And that's it. No con no understanding of rest periods, of how to effectively stimulate the muscle. And there's almost a fear as well. You know, I see a lot of people like, I'm I'm afraid I'm gonna hurt myself. I'm like, you're not going to hurt yourself. Like it, it, would a crazy leg press with technique done wrong, maybe or a squat, not with a leg extension, leg yeah. curl, leg, you know, chest press can't go wrong with these. Um, but yeah, you know, I think that's the biggest thing that a lot of people fail to understand that there is a way of going about your training even the structure of it i think people think they have to go in and you know i'll, I'll often see when i'm in the gym myself and i i don't want to intervene but i'd see someone like going from let's say a lap pull down to a leg extension or something like that I'm like what are you doing like what's your objective here like you know yeah. <laughs> but yeah. uh yeah, I think uh, you touched on two big ones there, progressive overload and trying to better yourself by even 1% every week. I would say just on, on top of that, from my own standpoint, and I probably fell victim to this myself, sure, back in the day, and that was program hopping. You know, watching a YouTube video from some influencer and you're doing his program one week or her program, and then the next week you're starting something new. Everything does work, but nothing works forever. And if you're not giving your body a chance to actually adapt to something and you're yeah. just changing it up every week, it's going to be very hard to make. Like you and I are both want to become fluent in Spanish. All right. You do Spanish three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday for the next six weeks. I do Spanish on the Monday, French on Wednesday, German on Friday. Who's going to be better or more advanced come the end? It's the exact same with training. Yeah, no, I agree. And to probably that's probably the, the the biggest one to be fair that you've just touched on there. Like people jumping from program to program to program. And like I I it's it's something I've experienced with my own clients. I'd have them on the same program for, for months. And they'd be like, Oh, can we change it up after two weeks? I'm like, how do we know if we're getting stronger if we keep changing the program? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, and they're like, oh, yeah, I didn't realize that. <laughs> I'm curious, though, on your end, and everyone's opinion is different. So just for anyone listening, there's no one right or one wrong approach. And every coach is a different method. But how often typically would you change up your, your client's program? I would change in the sense where not, nothing changes in terms of what we're doing. Like the approach yeah. is still the same. I would make alternatives like yes. maybe they yeah. felt like they were progressing from a, so right the way the way I actually program is say if someone's doing a, a three-day split an upper lower upper right I'll make sure that the two upper sessions have the same we're activating the same muscle groups but the variation is slightly different so it might yeah. be a chest with an incline dumbbell press the following day all right and um, now if they come and they say, I want to change it up, I would say, why? What's wrong with the program? You know, oh, I'm in a new gym and it doesn't have this, this. Cool, no worries. Let's adapt everything around your new environment. But um, other than that, I don't change it too much. I seriously don't. But if this, like people, even, I, I don't know whether I'll show people or not, but a lot of my prep was done in a fucking 
you know, I wouldn't say the most uh, stacked gym. I had a barbell, I had some heavy dumbbells, I had, a, you know, a machine, a cable machine, a Smith machine. I've been using like the gym here in the complex. And then I've been using the gym down the road, but I didn't, I didn't have an industrial gym. I think people are so yeah. upset. I need this equipment. I need this. My like, guys, it's muscle activation. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. We're doing this. <laughs> it's honestly, man, like strength training at its core. It's freaking, it's boring, man. It's boring as hell. You're going to be, if you're in this game for the long run, you're going to be doing the same 10 or 15 exercises for the rest of your life. And there might be, as you said, just a bit of variety there. You might go from an incline to a flat to a decline. You might go from a deficit deadlift to an elevated deadlift, but you're still doing the same boring, consistent movements consistently. And that is how you get results. Well, I always, like I have a couple of clients who've kind of gotten really into the weightlifting side of things. And, you know, some of them have kind of said, oh, it kind of gets boring after a while. I was like, no, no, you're looking at this the wrong way, right? Like I've been doing this for years. I never get bored. The reason why is I always set myself targets. Like learn how to create a mind-muscle connection with every fucking lift because you can always get better. Always. Like, even to this day, like, I was only watching a video on YouTube the other day of someone doing, like, a single arm row. I was like, fuck, I never really implement that final little twist or that full extension, you know, looking at a lot of, like, Mike Isertel's sort of stuff. Yeah, I love him from Renaissance. Yeah, like, you can, you can, you have to go in with a mentality of, like, Today, I'm going to try and, you know, last week I got eight reps. I'm going to try and get nine. And I'm going to try and make sure there's a bit more of a squeeze than the lats. Or, you know, I feel a little bit more of a mind-muscle connection. Or I get a bigger pump. You know what I mean? They're the, that's the exciting part of it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Even though it might seem boring to the average person. But that's how you make it interesting to you internally. You know, it's a challenge. you got to become a little bit better. And a little bit more, almost like a perfectionism. Or perfectionist. You're, you're trying to chase something that doesn't exist, but if you don't try and chase it, then you're never going to get better at it. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. your not fucking stupid exercises. Yeah, you gotta you got to play around with stuff, obviously, but um, you also got to be, you know, you got to be critical. How can I feel that a little bit more? Because sometimes, say, uh, at, uh, a bicep extension, you might feel a bit of an overload in the anterior delt or something like that. It just simply means you're not engaging in your bicep a little bit more. What can you do, right? I better, I better switch to preacher curl or something, so you can get a bit more stimulus out of that. They're the things that are exciting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, just, but yeah, yeah, no, but it's it's that marginal gains, though, man. And I think progress for anyone, whether it's just like there's nothing more satisfying even than just adding one point two five kilos to the bar oh. week to week, like it's. It, you know you you walk out in the gym in cloud nine and no one else gives a damn but you know that you just got yourself that bit better i'm i'm really with you on, on that on, on the training um short breath sometimes like i do 10 reps but then i might next week i might do 11 and they're crisp i'm like fuck that was really solid i feel really good you know um but yeah i think i'm holding you up there man sorry no but, yeah. not at all not at all man no i i just briefly want to pivot to something i heard you speak about on a previous episode was obviously you know getting some help and i think there's a stigma in ireland particularly particularly amongst guys in fact mm. i don't know is it an ego thing 
that it's like it's getting help and getting support. It's almost seen as a sign of weakness rather than a sign of strength. Yeah. And I heard that you speak about on on another episode, which I thought was, you know, really, really, first of all, brave you to speak out on that you yourself even would have got some therapy where you mm. just felt that you were in a bit of a dark place and you needed some additional support. Would you mind just talking us through what that looked like for you, Stuart, and, and just go into that in a bit more detail? Absolutely. So I, I touched on, like, you know, before I worked with Gavin, I was doing well with corporate, but yeah. there was stuff going on on the weekends that I didn't enjoy. You know, Ireland is... As much as I love Ireland, don't get me wrong, there's a bad drinking culture there. And now there's obviously even bigger issues with drugs in the weekends. And I, I was participating in that. And look, you know what I mean? I was like, this is this is what's going on. This is the crack. But I wasn't happy about it. Um, I don't want to go into too much detail with that. But essentially, I was in a situation where I was waking up every Saturday and Sunday with just chronic fear and depression and the only way I could get around that was by going back down to the pub and watching football and acting the bollocks or whatever and it was a very vicious cycle for a while for a couple of months not just a couple of weeks couple of months um but I I do think I it's hard to relate to say there was obviously an issue with 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 it out there but for me personally I've never been afraid to go out and seek help from anyone Okay, and I know there's lads out there in the yard and there's a bit of stigma. If I felt like I wasn't, you know, running on all four cylinders or, or if I was going down a bad path, I was never afraid to reach out and ask people for help. And there was that stage, I think it was just before COVID. Yeah, I think it was 2019. And I knew, I, I, I wasn't sure whether I was just so unhappy with my job or what was going on, but I knew I was drinking on the weekends and I was acting the bollocks with the wrong people, right? And that needed to change. That needed yeah. to change. I was like, I didn't work so hard in the corporate, do all well in life just to fuck this up and live this vicious life. Um, so I reached out and I got uh, helped yeah, with, um, with a counselor, a really nice, really nice woman. And she tore me to shreds inside out for, for good reasons in the sense, made me have a big hard look at myself and what possibly could go wrong if I continued on that path. And it was the best thing I ever did because as soon as I finished with her, I started working with Gavin and it was like, you know, I had some issues that I needed to address that I wasn't. Yeah, I know it, man. Um, and she helped me recognize that, you know, she identified there was issues with drink, there was issues with the social aspects of drinking and maybe the people that you're involved with. And I needed to change that. And I did. And I addressed that. Then I started working with Gavin and he very much helped me, you know, go from a man or a boy to a man. And like, I, I can't tell, thank Gavin enough, like, because he was very much like, you have a chance here. No, I didn't believe that I could have my own coaching business. And Gavin was the only person at the time who was like, I don't saw that potential. Want. Yeah. And so, like, and I said, a good job. I had a very good job. I had a brand new yeah. audio. I, I had very good salary. People were like, yeah. you're crazy dropping all this. And Gavin was like, listen, mate, don't hit your fucking 40s and regret all this. Seriously. And I mean, that fucking hit me hard. I was like, fuck yeah. it. He's right. What's one year? I can always jump back into this shit. So like, yeah, I suppose seeking help. Sometimes you got to realize that I think everyone knows there's something wrong. Everyone knows they don't feel right a little bit. There's something a bit off. If you're waking up every Sunday or Monday going, 
insane bullshit again. You need to address that. You have to take ownership over that. And maybe sometimes taking ownership is the first step of like, I'm not happy here. I need to go out here and speak to someone. And there is an issue with it in Ireland. I'm fortunate that my parents are quite open. You know, my, my dad has gone through his own stuff. And he was like, look, go speak to someone. You don't have to speak to us. Go speak to someone. Yeah. So I'm quite amazing. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think there's, but it all comes back to, to some degree, environment again. Like mm -hmm. we're talking about environment for fat loss, but this environment, it's not just, it's not just food environment, but then your mindset, that's going to be who you're hanging around with. I can relate to something similar you know, it was literally, as I was teaching, it was living for the Friday, going out on the Saturday, waking up on Sunday, hung over this Monday fear, as we call it, on Sunday evening. And there's a lot of power in proximity and who you hang around with and who you're talking to and even who you're consuming information from online. And if you are somebody listening and you're currently unhappy with where you're at, one of the easiest ways to fast track results is find someone who's there where you want to be and either pay for their mentorship, consume their content, read their books, listen to their podcasts, whatever that might be for you. So you're developing that mindset away from who you, you where you're currently at to, to where you want to move towards. And, you know, you mentioned that you got some support. I got therapy myself. One of the best things that I ever did, you know, I was listening to like, I'm not sure, are you aware of Lewis House? He's one of the, he's kind of in the self-development space. And, you know, I've got mentors in business. I've got mentors in fitness. We've obviously, we've done a lot of personal development in, in just leveling up nutrition and training. But something he spoke about that really helped him was the emotional side. And just addressing the mindset too. And this was a scenario that I never really dived into, but it's it's so, so empowering and it feels really good to get an alternative opinion and just get your thoughts off your chest. And, and you know, hear that a lot of people are actually struggling or challenged in some similar way. But now here's the problem. Let's now focus on the solution. And as you said there, you're very, very solution orientated. You didn't just feel sorry for yourself and say, I'm, I'm going to be doing this nine to five good corporate job. You focus on the solution and, and that's got you to where you currently are today. I, like one thing there that you said was, you know, and this is what really annoys me about people. Like they want to be something or they want to be someone, but they won't invest in it. And what you mentioned there was if you want to be, if you want something, I like, I, I looked at Gavin, right? And I was like, I want that. I want to do what he's doing in many ways not his coaching philosophy is very different to mine but i wanted to do what he did you know and yeah. i went i paid him i worked with him and now i'm doing exactly what he's doing a year yeah. later like yeah. it's one of those things where like and like i wouldn't have even i will i will honestly sit here and say it wasn't even that uh, crazy amount of money the money that yeah. i paid is invaluable and i can't thank that man enough you know oh. i mean i worked with him for six months and I, me and him went from this journey of me working on a corporate job being very unhappy going through a little bit of therapy to him being the only person at the time who actually fucking believed me and he knew i think he knew i can think that i wanted to get back into that gavin knew me from sligo when i was studying up there and he was nudging me and nudging me and nudging me and now 
you know, I'm going back. So I left Ireland last year and going back to Ireland this year. And I'm meeting Gavin. And before I left, me and Gavin stopped working together. I used to deliver stuff on. But I'm going back now to Ireland, meeting Gavin, and like Gavin telling me, like, I told you so. Like, look, yeah, that's amazing, man. Yeah. Um, you, you, you can you can pay in money or you can pay in time. And I'd much, much rather pay in money than pay in time. hundred percent. That's why it annoys me when I even when I have calls with people and you can help them and you know you can help them and it's like look this is the investment ah, it's, it's it's too much I'm like what's too much you sitting there being in the exact same position this time next year or cracking on and getting where getting where you want to go to you know and I think people are just they don't see it like they don't understand it. and there's a lot to say for I suppose are you ready for fat loss are you ready to take on a challenge or are you not because you know i feel like if you're not willing to invest in yourself or make those changes then you're not ready and that's okay that is okay i think people need to understand that because it i didn't wake up one day and say oh i'm gonna ring gavin meeting i thought about it for about fucking three or four months you know before i made that decision to go and actually get in a call with him and then pay for his coaching service so yeah, it's just something worth to point out to people. You're not always going to be ready to do things straight away. You got to give it time. It's got to circulate in the head a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But pain can be a great teacher too. It's the call to action where you've reached a point where you've had enough, and that's where you start focusing on the solution rather than just you know feeling sorry for yourself and looking at the problem. Um, Stuart, man, this has been amazing. Really, really enjoyed our, our conversation. Everything from fat boss social media training mindset. To wrap it up, I'll just do a quick fire uh, final five questions, Stuart. Um, so first one is, what is one new habit that you've implemented inside the last year? I'm sure there's going to be plenty now that you're on prep, but one new habit, Stuart, that you've implemented. Uh planning ahead so like planning on a sunday i would sit down not even always on sunday but most most weeks or even days before and i'll sit down and i'll have an idea i'll try and pick three things i'm going to be going to do which is important as you know business but planning and it's we all know you're meant to do it but it's something i've i've started to incorporate and it's fuck me it saved my life back. unreal but unreal man yeah planning, planning everyone can take can can take that advice um second question Stuart when you think or when you hear the word successful who's the first person that comes to mind Jesus that is a tough one and maybe just because I'm watching a lot of them right now but looking a lot of Chris Bonstead but the only reason I would say the only reason I'm saying successful is because He's done it in his own way, you know what I mean? And yeah. success is not about fame, fortune. Uh, there's a lot more to it, a lot more substance to it. Like success to me would be the fact that I'm running my own business. That's success. I'm not a millionaire. I'm not making X amount per month. But the success aspect is getting there. And the reason why I say Chris is because that guy has just gone through so much. Like I watched yeah. this podcast with Chris Williams. Chris Williams said, unreal, man good so good so to me that's success i'm like how can i yeah. be more like that man <laughs> unreal <laughs> yeah massive but you know in terms of <laughs> but there's many disciplines to it no I, i'm absolutely with you on that man um if you could go back to when you started 
what's one piece of advice you'd give to your younger self? Um, be a little bit more patient. These things take time. They take yeah. time. And the not as much as you want. When I say patience, stop trying to do a million things at once. Focus on fucking one or two things. Nail them and then move on. I love it. I love it. Follow one course until it's successful. That's what folks is an acronym for. Um, second last one. What do you feel is the most underrated gym exercise, Stuart, that most people should do more of? The most underrated one. Probably the Romanian deadlift. Great exercise. On the lower back. I think the deadlift is the risk versus reward is a little bit too high. Romanian deadlift is a little bit safer, but you're using a lot of muscles at the lower back where a lot of people. (laughs) Great exercise. Love that one. Absolutely. Um, And final question, Stuart, what is one question that you wish people asked you more of? (laughs) Jesus Christ. I don't know, to be honest with you. (laughs) Um, I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure, man. I don't know how to answer that one. May like I do. Maybe wish people were a little bit more um technical with their approach. Like, and probably on, online, it's a, probably Austerus just makes a couple of meals. It's like. There's a lot more. I have two science degrees. I know my shit inside out. (laughs) So maybe, um, yeah, being a little bit more forthcoming with that sort of stuff. But that's that's probably down to the way I deliver my content, which is why I say there's a lot of changes coming. (laughs) Excited to see you. And uh, Stuart, man, this has been amazing. So for anyone who wants to follow your journey, um, your page, what you have to offer, where is the best place to send them to, Stuart? Yeah, the Instagram is the biggest one at the moment. So the coin method um, is probably the easiest one to get me on. Uh, TikTok as well. TikTok's blown up recently for the most bizarre videos, but <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> so oh, perfect. So uh, at the coin method on Instagram. And if anyone here listen, do get value from the show. Please share it on your stories. So Stuart is at the coin method. Be sure to tag him. Tag me at Mac Lifestyle Fitness. And short final fa- final question before we wrap it up, because this is the lifestyle lifters show. What is your definition of living a successful lifestyle? Um, it's it's finding the cliche one, finding balance. But it, like, I am not talking about in balance, living your best life, this that later. And what I mean is finding something that you truly enjoy, and formulating your life around that working your life around it. So obviously my passion is lifting and nutrition and I've managed to create a career around it. I work a lot, but I enjoy it. I don't socialize as much as I would like to, but then the benefits of that is I'm able to do the things that I enjoy a lot more. So try the, not the definition of balance of nine to five, coming home, watching Netflix for four or five hours. I'm talking about balance, but things you truly enjoy. You know what I mean? Incorporate that. Fulfillment. I love it. Man, sure, this has been amazing. Thanks so much again for, for up and on. Really, really honestly enjoyed 
appreciate your honesty. Really, really love this chat. And I know anyone listening will feel the same way. So just thanks so much again. I will post the links to Stuart's IG in the show notes there. Everyone, make sure that you give him a follow. Um, amazing content he's putting out. And Stuart, you're one of the real good guys in the game and keep doing what you're doing, man. Cheers, mate. Thanks very much for having me on. I really appreciate it.